Welcome to the Federal Reserve's Economic Development Podcast Series. I'm Chris Shannon with the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston. Regional workforce efforts in the workforce development field provide coordination in a system made up mostly of local, individual service providers. This has been a research focus at the Atlanta Fed. In addition to their community and economic development department, participated in the creation of a regional workforce system in Metro Atlanta. Economic developers may be in a unique position to lead these regional workforce efforts. The International Economic Development Council, or IEDC, has explored broad-based workforce development coordination through the lens of the economic development field and the role economic developers can play in a study entitled Shifting Workforce Development into High Gear, How Economic Developers Lead Workforce System Alignment. We're speaking today with Stuart Andreessen, Senior Advisor for Human Capital and Workforce Development at the Atlanta Fed, and Dee Baird, President and CEO of the Cedar Rapids Metro Economic Alliance and member of the IEDC Workforce Development Task Force that guided the study's development. Welcome, Stuart and Dee. Stuart, let's start with you. What does your research indicate about trends in regional workforce coordination? Regional collaboration and workforce development is really starting to happen across the country in communities of varying sizes, economic bases, and geographic areas. Regional collaboration has become really important because as workforce development and the communities around it have become more complex, there's been growing interest from a variety of organizations, from traditional workforce development organizations like workforce development boards, colleges, universities, and community colleges, nonprofits, businesses, and philanthropy are more and more becoming interested in developing collaborations. The, the collaboratives can help to promote stronger coordination and alignment among the many players in the workforce development community today. Initiators really come in many different sizes and types. Economic development organizations have started collaboration because of the growing importance in human capital and business location. Philanthropies have initiated efforts in other communities because they see the important role that it can play for low and moderate income populations. Sometimes traditional workforce development organizations have catalyzed regional collaboratives because they understood that partnership could enhance the quality of work that they did. Often it's driven by groups of these organizations. And why is this so important? Why is the workforce coordination really important in your in your opinion? With a growingly complex system, the services that are offered are, are much more complex and it can be difficult for a business or for a job seeker to understand where they can go to get training, where they can go to get information on the labor market. So the, the collaboration and, and coordination can help to create a more uh, accessible system to businesses and job seekers and it can make it more coherent for organizations that are doing similar work. Stuart, I'm really fascinated by the regional network that was created in Metro Atlanta. Can you describe key findings from the experience of this regional network? Atlanta is, you know, a large and complex metropolitan area. It had a number of effective but often disconnected workforce development organizations. The region is large, and but really it's only one labor market. To that end, though, it had five workforce development boards. There were many other organizations that were doing work that were outside of the traditional workforce development system. 
a group of organizations came together to discuss ways that the system could collaborate and coordinate with each other. Now, those stakeholder organizations ranged from representatives of the traditional workforce development system and the technical and community college system, the university system. It included philanthropy and business and economic development organizations. The first step was to find out what services were offered, where they were offered, and who the organizations served. We surveyed over 200 workforce development organizations and found that those organizations have over 500 locations for workforce development services across the region. The unfortunate finding was that only 30% of those organizations had a relationship with business. The key next step for the organization is to better connect with the business community. This takes time and includes developing individual relationships and understanding where there are quality connections to training that businesses need and where working to make the system more accessible and prominent. The group has formalized under the title the Metro Atlanta Exchange for Workforce Solutions. One last question, and this is actually for both of you, Dee and Stuart. What do both of you see as some of the key barriers to regional workforce alignment? Let's start with Stuart. One thing that we saw is that organizations can be cautious initially as they may be concerned about how working together could affect or diminish their own organization's work or funding. Finding funding and leadership for sustained efforts to improve the systems can be quite a challenge. Often funders uh, prefer to put money directly into service for populations, and sometimes the funding must be spent on service provision and not on systems improvement. With multiple organizations involved, there were obviously competing visions for the future, and complex, locally responsive efforts and workforce development really take time and sustained leadership. We've found that as groups have continued to, to work together, a lot of the organizations have been able to overcome these barriers because they've seen the positive path forward. Dee, what about from your perspective? What do you see as some of the key barriers to regional workforce alignment from an economic developer standpoint? The reality is that workforce is now becoming the biggest incentive for economic development projects. And the fact that economic development professionals now have to understand the workforce system and particularly understand the individuals that are served by the workforce development organizations is probably the biggest barrier to change. So when economic developers are working with businesses and workforce development professionals are working with individuals, there's a big disconnect between uh, those two uh, professions in terms of how we're going to work at these issues together. And for economic development organizations to be successful, they have to get into an understanding and or into partnerships in this area that they've never been in before. Dee, let's explore this a little bit further. Why should economic developers be more broadly engaged in workforce development, and what new information does the IEDC research bring to the conversation? To answer the first question, it's important that we go back to a point that I made earlier. The economic development organizations don't have a choice. They have to get into being able to articulate the workforce supply chain for particular projects or business 
prospects or clients that they're working with. What we're trying to do in this research is really help them understand not only the language, not only to understand the framework that workforce development organizations are built around federal legislation to state legislation, but to also understand that how critical it is that partnerships and collaborative efforts uh, come together in order for both organizations or professionals to be successful. I think the thing, the common framework that we're seeing is really industry clusters and sectors. So when workforce development organizations are preparing individuals to be successful in a future educational path, training path, or career path, it's typically focused around an interest of a career in a particular sector that they might be interested in. And economic development organizations certainly understand industry sectors as well as really the the industry clusters that are necessary for their particular communities or their regions or their states to be successful in. So that's really the language that I think can bring the two entities together. Understanding this complex world of of both state and federal legislation is important. And then what we've done through the research and what we think is really important is to give examples. So we've gone all the way from 10 county regions in a rural area to large metropolitan areas. And the driver can be different. It can be a crisis. It can be that a small rural community has lost a major manufacturer or a major employer and and they were caught off guard and that's what's caused the burning platform for them to look at a different model going forward all the way to high unemployment rates uh, at which there's a real need from a socioeconomic standpoint for uh, workforce organizations to work with the economic development organizations to get people in meaningful jobs. Do you reference several specific examples of locations where these efforts are aligned? Are they being led by economic developers? And, and can you provide a few more examples of those locations and then provide some insights or key reasons why those particular initiatives are so successful? I can give you some specific examples. The thing I will tell you is that none of them look alike. And that was the other thing that we've learned through the research, that uh, there's different models and there isn't one way to go at this work and be successful. In some cases, it can be a state-led initiative like we've seen in Oklahoma, where the governor has really grabbed a hold of it. There's a couple of state agencies that have been given this responsibility by the governor, and it's really been a statewide top-down then uh, pushed out and surveyed the individual uh, counties and cities within a state. We've also studied, as I mentioned, a rural network in North Carolina. It's called the Eastern Carolina Workforce Innovation Network. And that one in particular has three different workforce boards, 13 rural counties in eastern North Carolina. And it's really been a combination of the economic development, the regional economic development group, but those workforce boards that have really come together and co-led that particular initiative. In Middle Tennessee Regional Workforce Alliance, that was a state legislation that was passed in 2010 for higher education institutions. And the higher education institutions have really been the ones that have been the presidents of those organizations have been the ones leading that effort in that particular state. So we've seen all shapes and sizes. There's no specific one type of model at which there's an obvious driver, but there's many ways and shapes of collaboratives that can be successful. Dee and Stuart, thank you both for speaking with us today. This concludes our podcast with Stuart Andreessen and Dee Baird. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta FEDS website at frbatlanta.org. 
If you have comments or questions, please email podcast at frbatlanta.org. Thanks for listening.